and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we talk about all things NXT, whether it be UK, stateside, or when whether you're leveling up. This is the show, NXT Talk, where your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the ravishing, the macho, the something, the Matt. The big boss, Matt? Bonjour, <laughs> how's everybody? <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Well, thank you for that intro, big homie. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Still back uh, up north. I uh, sp- spent a couple days to, you know, go see the parents. Took a, took a little spring vacation. And, uh, you know, life is good, buddy. I've been sleeping well. I'm about to crack a beer at 1047 in the morning. Can't complain. Beautiful. I wish I had a beer right now because I could use one. <laughs> oh, my God. I could use one. One of one of those mornings for you, dude. Yeah, just I'm I'm not sleeping well again, like just not at all, and um, it's just yeah, work has been so stressful. So a lot of companies do like they're they're like not to get too boring, you know, their financials, their 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 year end is end of April, right? Like they follow the tax season. Uh, So right now, it's use it or lose it type of budget, right? So. Customers are scrambling. It's like, what can we buy from you? And I'm like, this is the <laughs> best thing that you can do. Get us a bank of hours right now. We can, you know, store it, and then you can use it. We can talk about how you want to use it. But, yeah, just like it's just so much work even doing that, Con- writing the contracts, getting the approvals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just, yeah, it's just been it's been very stressful. Um, and then, you know, uh, just just general life stresses. But things are going well. Can't complain. I am so fucking jealous of you right now watching you drink that <laughs> beer as I drink and <laughs> sip on fucking water. It's going to be one of those shows, oh. Matt. It's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> It is we have already blown through the PG thirteen rating on this program? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, well, if it makes you feel better, it's Coors Light, so it's the worst beer on earth. So basically, like the worst one. There's a chance that I have more alcohol <laughs> in my bottle of water than you do in your bottle of beer. Is that Dasani? You might. You might. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a Nestle Pure Life. I'm, I apologize for drinking Nestle. Just noticed that this is a bottle of Nestle. No, jeez. Cancel Boris? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> At this point, I'm ready oh, to cancel man. myself. Uh, no, don't say that, homie. No, I, I'm no, sorry no, to hear no, those. Yeah, yeah, no, I, know, I understand. I understand. Sleep, sleep is so important, man. I've been sleeping like a log for the past couple of days, and it's a beautiful, glorious thing. But yeah, uh, we're not going to touch on level up this week, obviously. But next week, homie, I think we got to talk about some level up. I think we got to watch that show because Roxanne, the former Roxy, I believe is making her NXT level up debut on Friday. Yep, yep. It's that's I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, so Roxy, formerly known as now known as Roxanne. I can't wait. Yes. Um, you know, here's the thing, and 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 I gotta give it up to to the message board. The uh I don't know why I call it the message board. I think I'm so used to saying that. Um, the Facebook yeah. group. And that is, you know, the comparisons between Roxy and Cora Jade. I think people, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of funny because, like, we praise Roxy a lot, right, from her work in Ring of Honor especially. Uh, I think the commentators also did a fantastic job of selling her to us, especially as yes. Canadians, when they sold her as the next Connor McDavid, or the Connor McDavid yes. of wrestling, I should say. Yeah, the Connor McDavid of the women's division, the uh, like the best young prospect in generations. Yep. Having said that, 
you know, if you have to compare Cora Jade and Roxanne, I would say that they're not too far apart. Well, we haven't seen Roxanne yet, and I, I do think Cora Jade has obviously been given bigger opportunities in her career. I don't I don't have the hate on for Cora that a lot of people do. Some people think Cora sucks. Dude, our, our friend we'll, our friend Blaine Vandergrind is being one of them. Yeah, that's actually what sparked <laughs> this whole thought of mine. And it, it's just crazy, and we're going to touch on this as well, but we might as well touch on this now. Man, where does the Natalia hate come from? Uh, <laughs> her promo work, I would say, by and large, is where the hate comes from, I think. I don't think you can say much about her in-ring work. I think she's a pretty talented wrestler. She might be slightly overrated in the ring if you really wanted to be a dick about it, but you can't say she's okay, a bad okay, But here's wrestler. the thing, Matt. Here, okay, you here's can. the thing. This is someone who's been wrestling for, what, a good 15, like, in WWE, 15 years, right? Hmm. So... She comes from a generation where women just weren't given opportunities here in North America, right? So her in-ring style kind of reflects that old school, less than perfect style, right? Like, you know what I That's mean? Like, people have gotten better. It's basically like saying, you know, it, it's to me, and this is might be one of the worst comparisons, so forgive me. This is basically like the people who try to say that LeBron James is hands over feet. Hands, you know, just downright better than Michael Jordan. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you got to kind of respect people performing in the era they were in, right? You're right about that, man. Half of her career, if not more, was spent as a diva, not as a, a female superstar, not as a professional wrestler. You even know, if, like, and she really, if you really, sorry oh, for yeah. cutting you off, but like, even if you no, take a look it. at her career, how often was she degraded back to a manager because there was no women's division or a divas division or whatever, right? Absolutely. Or just given terrible, terrible stuff. We all remembered uh, the farting gimmick being one of the worst gimmicks ever given to a wrestler. And she persevered and stuck around for a decade after. So and that's the thing. She's, she's doing something right. Horrible work. She's been given horrible gimmicks. The when she got the like when Total Divas was at its hottest and she was basically the kitty cat when um <laughs> you know the farting gimmick, the SNM gimmick that they tried doing with her, like it's 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 yeah. She's been given a lot of crap. Yeah, literally in some cases, right? And yeah, man, it's uh I think she's she's persevered through a lot of it. Now where objectively she's probably not strong is on the microphone. Yes. And I do think that I think that's a big factor into getting people to like you or hate you or care about you. Like the reason why MJF is so popular, so so highly regarded is because he has that mic work piece. But it, you know what? when you don't have it, when you don't have it, it's a big hole in your game, man. And to me, that's kind of funny because a lot of the people who love MJF completely ignore the fact that his in-ring is good enough. You know, honestly, to me, his in-ring is comparable to The Miz. Good enough. Passable. Oh, oh. I, I, that's where we we uh, strongly disagree about that. I can see that. But I think he laps The Miz. I think he no, runs think, circles around yes. a guy like The Miz. I think, I think so his in-ring, I can't, I can't think of a good comparison uh, off the top of my head, that's something I need to I need to think about for a bit. But his in ring is is based more on storytelling than moves, and yes. I think he's a fabulous storyteller. Whereas Miz doesn't really have that piece. No, Miz he Miz doesn't have the moves, but he also doesn't have the story. You know, MJF doesn't have the moves, but he's got he's got a uh, like a beautiful mind for this thing. You know what I mean? He's like he's a lot like CM Punk. He's a lot like CM Punk. MJF is kind of a CM Punk in the ring. 
He he kind of is. The thing is, like CM Punk, I think his athleticism overshadows the fact that he can tell a good story, right? Like, and then that's the thing. MJF, I find that he can actually tell a very good story. Also, MJF has been given very good people to work with and learn yes. from. That's a big, big factor too. And uh, yeah, someone like an Italia doesn't really have the, the litany of amazing Hall of Fame wrestlers to bounce off of. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so that's something that we'll, you know, we were going to touch on a little bit. We touched on now. Um, man, how are you outside of, uh, you know, sleeping a lot, your trip? Yeah. How's yeah, life? Yeah, just, uh, just recovering, you know, like I, I got sick there and... Uh, but I feel like I'm I'm pretty well back to normal. It doesn't seem like I got my family sick at all. Knock on wood. Maybe it'll be a late sneaking up kind of germ. But uh, yeah. no, man. I, I just yeah. I was I was really burnt out, especially after WrestleMania weekend. It kind of felt like uh, after exams in high school or college when you would be like, oh, and you would decompress and take a breath, and then you would get sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then no, like that's you would kind of you kind of need a me. vacation. Honestly, same <laughs> happened to me. Like. Uh, um. Yeah. Last week, I got just a little sick. It was just a very minor cold, but I had to cancel a bunch of stuff just because you know I'm still being very careful, cautious towards other people. Um. You know, especially now that uh, you know stuff is happening around here with the covids. Anyways, so yeah. man, I was yeah, back the- to Toronto. Back to Toronto for me, homie. Pretty soon, we got to uh, we got to get some hangouts in. Got to talk some bam, some bam lists. Got some things cooking up. There's another podcast on the back burner right now it's 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 in uh, it's in the crock pot just a bubbling and uh you know big, big things are happening buddy i'm excited so it's funny that you were talking about wrestlemania and i was just thinking like honestly wrestlemania drained me but in like like you said in an exam sort of way like uh, i was i love doing the whole wrestlemania shtick last week or whenever that was um and i was looking at the calendar and now that it's official you know i think that 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 long weekend in September, that Labor Day long weekend, is going to be another WrestleMania-like weekend. However, because it is split between two promotions, more people will be available for for stuff on the SNME host side. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's not going to be like the the overkill of indie shows either. Although I'm sure there will be like a, a big indie show or two. It's not it's not going to be like Friday. Uh, April 1st, I believe it was, which might have been the craziest day in the history of professional wrestling in terms of high-quality wrestling shows happening at the same time. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so what we're talking about is All Out Weekend, Sunday, September 4th. Just announced yesterday, WWE's having their stadium UK show in Wales, Saturday, September 3rd. So that's going to be a huge weekend for wrestling, regardless. Do you think we see any NXT involvement? Do you think, uh, the NXT UK that is, do you think we get a Heritage Cup match on that card, Boris? 100%. Like that's, I fully expect a lot of NXT UK, even even in the undercard stuff, right? Like I, like they, yeah. I, I do expect them to make a, uh, or, or, or they have their takeover. Ooh, interesting. They could do that on the Friday mm-hmm. poll. That's that's an interesting call, my friend. That's that's long overdue. The NXT UK takeover, I think. Yep, I think that would be great. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, because NXT UK, it's interesting. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because I, I love seeing kind of like the NXT UK people coming over to NXT stateside. It kind of feels like a, you know. Uh, like that that main roster call up 
when they when they get yeah. the ticket. The one, as Nathan Frazier said, the one way ticket to America. I'm liking that, but it also gives me pause, Boris, because it means they're paying attention to NXT UK, <laughs> which is scary. It's scary. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me to see a couple guys falling, maybe some releases. Uh, man, I, actually, before before we uh, immediately transition into the show, one last thing. Uh, Paul York actually asked me this uh, offline, and I thought it was an interesting question. I want to... Uh, Posit it to you, my friend. Do you think that we're going to get another Black Friday coming soon, a Black Monday, a, a big batch of releases post-Mania? Do you think that's coming? So it is post-Mania always brings, you know, the, the releases. In fact, usually on Wednesday, Thursday after Mania is when we get the, uh, the, the announcements, right? So I do expect some releases. I fully expect some NXT releases. And the reason for that is because if you remember when they made the transition into NXT 2.0, one of the key things, one of the major takeaways that I always took from that was, you know, we're going to evaluate our talent every six months. Yeah. That was yeah, it was very important. They, they seemed to key on that and said it in a number of places. So, yeah, that is seemingly the directive. So then my next question is, Boris, who in NXT or just in general are you worried about losing their job? In NXT, well, I, I, main roster, there's there's. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Like, there's there might be people who, like the Mustafa Ali's, right, of the world, who might get mm. their release. Um you know, but in terms of it, and it's hard to say with the main roster. But in terms of NXT, honestly, there's people like um, you know, outside of the last couple of weeks, I would have said Lash Legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, she she's getting that push though. I I for one, I'm scared for the grizzled young veterans. Yes. I think that they, they couldn't even be in this tag team gauntlet is not a good sign. They're not even a top five tag team, Boris. And one of the five tag teams had never even tag teamed before. Yeah. Sanga and Waller, that was their first match right. ever, and grizzled young veterans couldn't get in ahead of them. Ooh. Brooks Jensen. Ah, maybe, maybe. He has been booked like a goofball idiot clown, so I can yeah, see it. Yeah, but look at yesterday's match. Like, I thought he was going to kill one of the Creed brothers at, uh, uh, in, a, in a couple yeah. times in that match. Yeah, man, yeah, it was a little rough for sure. Still very rough around the edges. In terms of the main roster, I'll tell you someone who I'm actually worried about. That's Finn Balor. You, you, you're a champion? Still. Yeah. It's, they've they just fought, well obviously it was different with Nash Carter but like yeah man like I think that he's yeah the U.S. title means absolutely jack shit and I I don't like his prospects for the future he's already been to NXT and done the Dolph Ziggler thing I don't know man I don't know where his future lies you know yeah but at the same time I think it's f fair to say that WWE is well aware that anyone they release is open to AEW so someone like a Finn Balor they're going to keep around just so that they don't go to AEW. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. Well, he is the U.S. champion. You're right about that, man. I, I believe anyway. I, I, he might have lost it. But, I, you know, he's the U.S. champion still, right? He's got to be. Yeah. Anyway. Is. um, Yeah, you're right. He's so, I don't know. I don't know that they would think that he would be valuable to AEW or that valuable at 45 with them already having, like, a, a stacked roster. He's not 45, like 40. But still, man, I don't know. He, for some reason, he's just, like, He's standing out in my head as somebody who I'm kind of worried about right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, Maybe I'm I wrong. can for sure see that. I know I can for sure see that. But yeah, Grizzled Young Veterans for sure. There was there is someone else in NXT that I'm like, I can see them getting the cut, but I don't. Oh, yeah. Um, Boa. Oh, that's a good call. 
Boa for sure. Um, seems like they're they're got to be close to shit or get off the pot time with Dakota Kai. I think she's probably long overdue to go to the main roster and I stay there. I think Dakota Kai is someone that they're happy with and they're going to keep her in NXT because she she can get good enough matches in, right? Like like she she's kind of like that veteran, that wily veteran. She's good enough to stay in NXT, get good matches out of people, and uh, yeah, that's why. I, yeah, so I, I think Dakota Kai is safe-ish. I hope so. She's yeah, she's talented, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Nothing would really surprise me. It's no, interesting exactly. to see what they do with. It's interesting to see what they're going to do with Wes Lee. I think, I think the loss of his tag team partner doesn't hurt him that bad because he was the he was the Shawn Michaels of that team. Clearly, eventually that tag team was going to break up. And he was going to be the star. So the only problem is, is they have accelerated that process three years. But at the end of the day, this, he was going to be a single star, in my opinion. So I don't think they should give up on him. I what think do, they should move him up, if anything. What do you think is going to happen to Fabian Aikner? I'm less confident about him. But he is he has proven that he's extremely talented in the ring. He could easily be their next Cesaro type of guy. He's not quite as good, but he's he's that type. He's, he's smaller and faster. Um I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I would not fire Fabian Aker, But the fact that they, for no reason, just left him down and didn't bring him to SmackDown too is is cause for concern for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I want to say that there was a reason for it, but I like honestly, I can't think what the reason is unless they do like pe- they have him pegged as a singles wrestler who's going to have a run at Braun Breaker or Joe Gacy, depending on who's champ after that program. True, yeah, and he'll have good matches. He's one of the best in-ring wrestlers left in NXT, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, so let us get to some NXT. I think we're going to blow by NXT stateside because really there wasn't much to it, but I got to ask you, what did you think of the show? I It was it was way better than last week's. Was on, honestly, last week's was probably okay. my least favorite. Okay, 2.0 Matt, to date. Honestly, John Laurinaitis and Bruce Pritchard could have gone to the middle of the performance center taking a shit for two hours <laughs> literal a literal shit in the middle of the ring and i would have had a lot more fun watching that than last week's nxt 2.0 <laughs> well said buddy fair enough so this was better it was better than that <laughs> man i think i'm in a worse mood than i thought <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah, I, I I don't know. It was it was not a great wrestling show, but compared to the abomination that was last week, it was easy enough to get through for sure. Yeah, exactly. And it, if like for me, it, it felt like it went fast. Like I really think that, and I think it's because the main event was like you know a good what 35, 40 minutes at the end of the yeah. show. I feel like it just it just the show overall went fast, and there was like one or two shitty stuff. But outside of that, I thought it was a respectable wrestling show. Absolutely, yeah. The, the Joe Gacy kidnapping Rick Steiner gimmick is just bad, and it's trash. And there's like a lot of like poorly written things on this show still, but it wasn't that bad. Overall. Yeah. All right, let us get to it. But before we do, what is our star rating to Jewer Matt? Well, I think uh, as a shout out to Joe Gacy in the woods right now, somewhere in the backwoods of Florida, I think we got to go flaming garbage cans out of five. No better, no better unit of measurement for this NXT show than flaming garbage cans. (laughs) Oh, that has like triple meaning. (laughs) Let's go. 
All right, the show kicks off, and we're right away going into the first match of the night, which was Cameron Grimes versus Solo Sokoa for the NXT North American Championship. All right, Probably so, the best match of the show. Yes, number one. Uh, number two, interesting that the commentators, I feel like WWE's just giving up, trying to hide who's related to whom. And now they're like, all right, this guy's a part of the bloodline, blah, blah, blah. It's like this half weird, like, he's still from the streets, you know, doing Rikishi's old gimmick. And I'm still convinced he's going (laughs) to have Rikishi's old gimmick, positive dude from the streets gimmick. But make a difference, Fatu. Yeah, make a difference, Fatu. So, but it's this weird hybrid of like the Solo Sokoa character with starting to have elements of the bloodline. Yeah, a little, a couple flashes of ooze in there, Boris. Yeah, and especially, I love the fact that the commentators called out the fact that the bloodline right now are collecting belts. So I love the fact that they kind of tied that into this match, saying that Solo Sokoa, you know, is following his family's kind of uh, journey right now. Yeah, the directive, yeah, the head of the table makes a call and everyone falls in line, man, that's the way it goes. I do like that. It's a... You know, it's a through line. It's something that we've been begging for for years, and it sadly took 2.0 to actually do it. But NXT stuff matters on the main roster and vice versa. Man, could you imagine if NXT stuff mattered? Yeah. Anyways, I don't even want to I don't even want to do that. What yeah. if episode? I, right, could, so- I, I could. It. We should do that one day. But yeah, it just makes me sad. Just I makes know. me sad to think about. Uh, Cameron Grimes, a lot more serious in the ring and in promos, and I'm really liking this character for Cameron Grimes. Like, this is the character that I could one million percent see. Yes, I said it. One million percent see (laughs) getting over on the main roster. Yeah, it's fitting that he is, like, the intercontinental champion of NXT because he's perfect IC champ level wrestler. You know what I mean? Is this Cameron Grimes probably never going to be world champion i think that's fair sadly because he's talented enough but with this character with this size with his popularity he could easily easily be an ic champion level wrestler for a very long time in the wwe yep and like you alluded to earlier this was probably the best match of the night i think both guys really really put it out there uh this was probably solo sokoa's best in ring match in my opinion uh, solo? Well, he, 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 yeah, you could say that. It depends how you define, like, whatever, because he was in the ladder match, right? And he's part of it, so I think he deserves credit for that. And also the uh, the hardcore match he had with Boa was actually pretty good too. Yeah, but I, I've, and I was, I, I forgot about the ladder match. In terms match, of an, honest, but I think that um, yeah. outside of the ladder match, ladder match notwithstanding, I think this was probably his best performance on a one-on-one match. For sure. Well, I'll co-sign that one, buddy. Yeah, um, and yeah, this was like thing about NXT, and it's always hard to really like get into the analysis portion of NXT because the matches are are laid out pretty simple, right? Like it's especially a match like this exactly. where it's face v face. Yeah, very basic, and Cameron Grimes being way more experienced. You kind of know exactly what you're going to get. A very basic match, one or two high spots, probably interference at the end, and finisher one, two, three. Yep, exactly. So at one point, Solo dodges a cave-in, but caught Solo into his signature Spanish fly power slam for a very close near fall. Uh, Solo reversed a cave-in again into a sweet-looking someone drop for another near fall. Uh, crowd Solo's, lost it at that one lost yeah. it they thought that was going to be the finish i thought so too to be honest that was a very good near fall yep 
Um, Trick Williams comes up. He trips Solo Sokoa off the top rope. Uh, Solo shoves Trick to the ground, gave him the Uso splash. When Solo got in the ring, Grimes surprised Solo with a cave-in out of nowhere and got the win in 13 minutes and 10 seconds to retain the NXT North American Championship. Yeah, Solo hits Trick Williams with the safest-looking splash on the floor I've ever seen, which is not, by the way, uh, like a complaint. Do it safely. Don't kill yourself or the other guy. That's fine. I remember the head shrinkers going top rope directly onto jobbers on the floor, and it's like, how did that not kill that guy? Or Fatu? How did that not kill Fatu? So I'm okay with uh, a safe splash on the floor. But yeah, this was this was a, a damn good match. I thought. Yeah. Um, before we give the rating, after the match, Carmelo Hayes, she shows up out of nowhere, beats down on Grimes. Solo Sequoia clocked Melo with a right hand. Trick gave Solo a chop block. Melo and Trick put the boots to Grimes. Is this setting up a triple threat match soon? Oh, I could see that. I was going to say tag match probably next week yeah, with Grimes teaming yeah. up with Solo. And then, yeah, down the line, yeah, we're going to get Grimes versus uh mellow you you can throw a third guy in there too to, to spice it up i can see that yeah um i was i was thinking solo sokoa like it would be sokoa mellow yeah, of course and grimes yeah. i could definitely see that being the direction that they do go for sure yeah um but like i said good enough match matt how many flaming bags of crap would you give this match <laughs> Yeah, I would say, you know, considering like a hot open to NXT, kept the feud going. Both guys look strong. Like you said, it might have been Solo's best performance. I think they're both ready for the main roster. Solo maybe needs a little more work, but his character is strong and he's he's an ooze. He's going to get all the opportunities. You know, I I, I don't know. I think he, they're pretty much ready. So I would I, I like this match a lot, man. I would go as high as three and a half flaming garbage bags out of five. Seventy percent. It's a B and it's by far the best match on the show. All right, uh, Vic Joseph is running down the tag match. They get cut off uh, via backstage interview with Grayson Waller and Sanga. Waller's pissed off, saying that they should be handed the belt because they were supposed to get the title opportunity tonight, but that didn't work out. I love the fact that they've just refused to use the MSK name. Yeah, they're yeah, they're just written out of the history of NXT, which I I get it. If they're gonna fire him and they're gonna be like, yeah, that that Hitler pick and the uh, allegations are enough that we don't want to touch you anymore. They're toxic. That's yeah. it, it's it's not not it's not Benoit, but it's in that pile. You know what I mean? It's in the Benoit pile. They're toxic, but they're no attraction. <laughs> no sir, certainly not anymore. Yep. Anyway, so Waller's arm is still in a sling, and he says that Sanga is going to do all the work, essentially. I, I do like the heel dickhead move of saying we we should have been gifted the titles literally on a silver platter for a tag team that has not once teamed. Yep. Love that. I like. I really like that touch. All right. Malcolm Bivens and the Creed Brothers cut a promo backstage. They hyped their participation in the tag title gauntlet. Uh, they focused a promo on how they're going to target Pretty Deadly and beat their arses. Bivens is awesome. We run out of ways to say it, but don't don't forget. If we forget to bring it up one week, please know that we love Malcolm Bivens and he is fabulous. The best singular number one. The best promo guy on NXT. Yep. All right. We've touched on it. There's a gauntlet match later in the show to uh, crown new tag team champs. Did you think a gauntlet match was the best possible match for this, for five teams? 
Uh, I could see a lot of arguments. Personally, I like gauntlet matches. I wasn't uh, I wasn't choked about it. I was excited to see it. Uh, was it the best? No, probably not, because you have to beat four of these teams in order to, <laughs> to complete the gauntlet. So you could do a battle royal, which would be less entertaining, not as good. You could do a ladder match, which would probably be more entertaining, but more dangerous. And you just did one. And so I don't maybe think this you was actually. The, I don't think you have the room in the performance center for a regular tag team match or a ladder match. Hence, the gauntlet was probably the best choice. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. Maybe it was the best choice, but there is a huge argument against the gauntlet, which is you had to beat four of these five teams. But we'll get well, we'll get there when we get there. All right, um, the Creed brothers and Bivens they're standing next to referees. Uh, they're spinning the lottery tumbler. This was to side the entry into the gauntlet match. Julius Creed took the lottery ball and said he wouldn't have it any other way, which kind of to me gave it up in terms of what position they ended up in yeah but that's fine you know pay oh, attention yeah. to the show <laughs> i liked it but uh yeah i i'm a sucker for the old royal rumble bingo tumbler <laughs> oh, i love it i love it all right braun breaker with two k's makes his entrance with in street clothes breaker said that gacy wanted to send breaker a message breaker said rick steiner is home and okay but nobody messes with the with Breaker's family. He said that Steiner gave a lot to this business and is a Hall of Famer. Breaker asked Gacy to come out and see if he's a real tough guy. Gacy appears on the Tron. He was standing in front of a bonfire. Gacy said after abducting Rick, he understands why Braun is so tough. He said Rick took his bearing, his beating like a man. Gacy then showed that he took Rick's WWE Hall of Fame ring. Gacy said that ring is a picture of Breaker's historic family's hard work. Gacy said that... The legacy needs to be tested by fire. Gacy took the ring and threw it in the bonfire. Huh. So I still like I would still qualify this as bad. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a dumb story. And it's it's just if you put even one second of thought into it, it renders all of wrestling stupid. But I did kind of like Joe Gacy here. I actually did think Gacy did a good job in the confines of this terrible NXT story. There's a million other ways they could have ended last week's show, right? The fact that they abducted the man was really dumb. Like, they could have just beat him up and stolen the ring. Yeah. It was very... The fact that they're on the run right now, hiding in the woods of Florida, is very dumb. It is... Yeah, there's a lot to uh, complain about. But yeah, Joe Gacy is coming along as a performer. Yep. Uh, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Toxic Attraction on the Toxic Lounge couch. Mandy brags about Gigi and JC regaining the tag team titles after losing them. She also hyped defending the NXT Women's Championship later against Dakota Kai. Sure, let's go. I like Mandy Rose as a promo. She's she's very good, actually. She's so comfortable in this role. It kind of makes Gigi and JC look even worse. Because she, she's so comfortable in her own skin that you can see that Gigi and JC are leaping out of their own skin. You know especially, what I mean? Like, especially Gigi, right? Like, yeah. she is a page type of wrestler. So her in this type of role, still, it just seems so unnatural for her. Yes. Agreed, man. Agreed. Um, and 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 I, I and honestly, like, we always talk about how weird JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are. In terms of like the way that they act, the way that they conduct themselves. But when I find it gets like put to a thousand 
when they're right beside Mandy Rose and she's cutting a promo. Like you actually realize yeah. how uncomfortable JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are and you realize how little chemistry they have. Exactly. Like zero chemistry still after almost like six months of this. Maybe they like secretly hate each other. <laughs> Maybe they probably well you can tell man they probably aren't comfortable other than Mandy the other two of them probably aren't super comfortable in this role yeah all right <sighs> fuck Kashida and Ikmin Jiro were hyping each uh, other up backstage Kashida why a does uh, <laughs> go ahead I was just gonna say why does every Asian character on the, this television show have to be a screaming child yeah they like, get so racist and stupid three Asian characters on the show are screaming idiot children. Wendy yep. Chu and Jacket Time. Yep. And so Literal children. Sailor Moon. Oh, Sailor Moon too. There's four. Oh, oh it's and, so and, terrible. And, dude, and even Io Shirai does a lot of screaming. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Yeah, that's that's very true. I, I As does Asuka. But at least uh, Io Shirai and Asuka and, and top level, they're, they're badasses. They're tough. As yep. the, and like they're there yeah i don't know it's oh man but just like oh it's just so disappointing every time i see jacket time i wish i wasn't doing this podcast so i could just turn off the show and, and stop watching nxt i know i Anyways. hate them so much i hate that act so much i love kushida ikimanjiro's totally fine charismatic guy but man Anyways, Von Forehead beats him up. Robert Stone says the match isn't likely happening. We go to commercial. That's all I can muster up to say about that. Yeah. Next. Next. Yep. Uh, my cameras are following Braun Breaker as he's walking to his car, just which is so conveniently parked right outside the door. <laughs> Not bad. Good park job. Good spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he what? He just walks in with the belt. No bags. No nothing. Yeah. George Costanza would be proud of that part job right there. <laughs> or, or Kramer with the ass man plates. <laughs> yes, exactly. Braun man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the TMZ camera asks or tries to interview Braun. He yells at the cameraman. He drives away in his car saying he has nothing to tell anyone. Now, yeah, fair enough. I would be upset too. go find this man in the woods. All right, Von Forehead and Robert Stone are in the ring. Stone said that Wagner, uh, after what Wagner did to Jack at time, you'll never see them again, which I honestly thought was a weird way, of, like, initially, of writing them off. I was hoping, and yeah, I was pretty disappointed when Ikamanjiro immediately ran out. Like, oh, no, they're, they, yeah. they lived. They survived. Right. Yeah. Again, because this is, like, some of the worst stuff, humanly possible. <sighs> Robert Stone is, is saying the match is going to happen. Ikman Jiro comes out. Two minutes, 55 seconds. Von Forehead beats up Ikman Jiro. Yeah, I mean, like, in the ring, perfectly fine. Average WWE squash. I would probably even go three, except I hate I hate the gimmick so much that I refuse to I refuse to rate it above Mendoza line. We're going two and a half flaming garbage kids for this. Yep. All right, but something did... Something interesting did happen after the match. Sophia Cromwell appears from the crowd and orders Wagner to continue attacking Jiro. And Robert Stone's face said it all because he's like, who's controlling this guy? Yeah, so that's a little bit of intrigue with the Von Wagner character. And then Von Wagner pulls the uh, the Bam Bam Bigelow Spike Dudley spot, press slamming Ikeman Jiro into the second row of the <laughs> NXT universe. Gross. <laughs> You said it. 
<laughs> yeah, obvious plants. It wasn't like as fun as when he uh, he the an actual shoot ECW crowd caught Spike Dudley and body surfed him. It was a obvious bunch of wrestlers. It was a, you know the the garden full of plants. It was, but yeah. still a, a a fun spot. It's effective for what it is, right? For um, sure, for sure. I don't know why Von Wagner. There's someone who I would cut, <laughs> but because oh. honestly, here's the thing, dude. He's not getting any better, and somehow he's looking more and more like a giant Gonzalez. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have a couple theories, Boris. I have a couple <laughs> theories of why the brow is growing. Hear me out. No, let's not uh, let's not speculate. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They they gave him this this group of heaters. Now he's got Robert Stone and this lady friend of his, and he's. Uh, Second generation, humongous ex NCAA football player. He's he's gonna get a shot. He will not be fired. I bet. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's the, unfortunately because of his height, of his size. That's the case. Yeah. And right. his and his pedigree, man. They love them some college football players. I was gonna say he doesn't do a pedigree. Because <laughs> it's a wrestling move. You see. Yes. Yes. I see. I I understand. That's all right. Good. The hardest working reporter, all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell interviews Nikita Lyons about her victory over Lash Legend. Before Lyons could really finish her thought, Lash Legend shows up, gave Nikita a really big boot to the face. Legend trash talks Lyons. Uh, Norman Smiley made an appearance ah. to order Lash Legend to get away. I was hoping you noticed Norman. Yeah, cameo from the Big Wiggle. Love it. That was maybe the second best thing on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even. What are we doing with our life watching this show? <laughs> Marking out for the big wiggle, Boris. That's what we're doing. <laughs> like, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> when, oh, when we can. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, NXT, what have you become? <sighs> <laughs> oh, right. Dakota Kai everyone makes everyone I know <laughs> goes <laughs> away. <laughs> oh my God! Like, <laughs> it is an empire of dirt that we are talking about right here, Boris. It certainly is. All right, so Dakota Kai makes her entrance, and then we get a pretty deadly hype promo that aired, um, where they were picking their lottery numbers. Honestly, dude, I love pretty deadly and they seem so comfortable they seem so natural there and i can i know as a fact a lot of people hate them but in a good way yeah exactly they're good heels they're annoying uh heels that you want to see get their ass kicked they're entertaining i like them i like their work oh yeah they're uh, like man, a more serious tyler breeze and fandango yeah like that's literally what i was calling them for the longest time yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah I, oh i remember <laughs> the Tyler Breeze and Fandango that actually know how to do the act properly. <laughs> rude. Extremely rude. Uh, better than Dirty Dango, anyways. Uh, Mandy Rose comes out, and it's time for the NXT Women's Championship match. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Dakota Kai for the NXT Championship. Um, again? This one didn't click. This, no. was a, this was a kind of a rough match. Yeah, this was rough. And it had nothing to do with either woman. I just think that maybe it's... I feel like it's a lack of trust, but I feel that the women's matches in NXT for a lot of the women are so choreographed, so laid out, that they honestly spend more time thinking about what's next than thinking about the execution of whatever they're doing. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. All the all the Jim Cornette type uh, 
you know, complaints about wrestling these days where it's a choreographed stunt show and it's not an organic, uh, improv, you know, whatever you might call it, dance fight, what, what have you. That's, that's on display here, specifically in this match. It felt choreographed and they weren't nailing the spots. So it was just like one poorly executed thing into the next. And yeah, I don't hate either, you know, performer here. Like I think Dakota Kai is pretty talented. But yeah, it was a rough match. It was just it was, uh, not not a strong night. It was a rough match. Anyway, Dakota Kai rolls up Rose for a near fall. Kai hits Rose with a code red lunge lung blower, which kind of looked really awkward. It just looked like everyone forgot what they were doing at one point. Uh, Jane tosses a title belt in the ring. Kai pulls it away. Rose does the V trigger to Kai, picks up the win. And I didn't get the time for this match, but it was enough time. Yeah, in enough time for <laughs> sure. That is the official. That is the official timing on this one for sure. Yeah, I, I God bless him. I'll generously give this two flaming garbage cans out of five. Yep, a toxic attraction poses to celebrate Mandy's win. <sighs> Fuck, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Wendy Chu shows up. She sprays Toxic Attraction with Super Soakers, and Toxic Attraction is acting as if they were getting sprayed by a fire hose. At least, like, there was that. They sold the hell out of the Super Soakers. Actually, that didn't bug me. That's wrestling. But I I can, yeah, you're allowed to think that's dumb, for sure. That was objectively extremely stupid. But at least, like, when Austin sprays like the corporation with beer or Kurt Angle sprays someone with milk like it would suck to get covered in milk you know what I mean? like oh, fuck this stinks now I gotta shower I gotta wash these clothes same with beer water is whatever you know it's just like oh you sprayed me with water like I don't know Hear me <laughs> very out. very bad they 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 have got to find a better way to use Wendy Chu I'm struggling they to will. think how they could possibly use her worse how could it go worse than this oh dude I'm telling you she is Though, like I'm convinced now, more than ever, that she is the one that will beat Mandy Rose for the belt. And then, my prediction, uh, and uh, and I'm gonna laugh at you because I said Wendy Chu will be champ with this character. Now you did, and I said there was no chance. We'll see, buddy. We'll see. Yep. She sure, right. she sure is feuding with the world champ under this character. And it should be noted that Wendy Chu did sign a contract extension at some point in 2021. Yeah, they. Uh, she's very talented. This character is just just the bottom of the barrel. Terrible. Yeah, and it's also interesting that out of this uh, fightful select report, uh, it was also noted that Triple H loved the Tian Shaw character. Yeah, I believe that. That's right up Triple H's alley. Spooky yeah. craziness. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joe Gacy cuts one of his woke propaganda promos. Uh, Gacy went on to say that he doesn't think Braun Breaker is, is emotionally stable to lead NXT. He said he proved that when Breaker showed his helplessness over the last two weeks. Uh, he said he's going to control Braun Breaker every move and control Breaker's life. He said he's going to hang on to one thing. Uh, Gacy took the burning WWE Hall of Fame ring, puts it on his finger. He sold the pain because it's hot right out of the fire, you see. <laughs> He's sacrificing his finger to control Braun Breaker with two Ks. Uh, sure. I I see. All right, Joe Gacy. All yeah, we needed uh, was whatever. Joe Gacy to like, take a knife, cut his hand, spill some blood, do some voodoo. <laughs> right? Yeah. Joe Gacy slowly turning into Isla Dawn. <sighs> he wishes. <laughs> 
Uh, Cora Jade was shown backstage walking to the ring. Legado del Fantasma were having a meeting backstage. Tony D'Angelo shows up and said he wanted to show Escobar some respect and hopes they don't cross paths in a negative way. D'Angelo tried to give Escobar a stack of cash in an envelope. Escobar put the envelope in D'Angelo's coat pocket and said that his respect is worth way more than that wad of cash. Very interesting. Interesting. So... What's well, Tony going you know to what my next? takeaway is? My takeaway is Santos's next loss is going to be against Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Seems like that's what we're driving at. Also worth noting, AJ Galante, nowhere near the television. Thank God. He is not actually Tony D's new manager. He was just a one-time thing. Well, two-time thing. Like, he was a weekend thing. Uh, yes, yes. They paid him for the weekend, so they might as well have used him on Tuesday last week. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, my Lord. Anyways, I'm in the last season of The Sopranos, and I forget how good that season actually is. Oh, nice. Yeah, I still have to go back. We gotta. I definitely got to check out that show. Yeah, this is going to slowly turn into a Sopranos podcast. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Sopranos TLK. I'm so for it, buddy. Oh, my God. Sopranos, anyways, uh, Cora Jade makes her entrance. Uh, Jade said that uh, Mania Week was the most important weekend of her entire life. She said it ended up being bigger than she could imagine, but what made it worth it were her parents being able to watch her wrestle live from the second row. I like, I kind of liked, you know, there is something to be said about that line saying that, she, you know, soon enough they'll be in the first row, right? Like, she's going to work on that. That's <laughs> funny. I didn't uh, even catch that, but good call. She said she really thought she was leaving Stand and Deliver as champion. So did everyone else, Cora Jade. So did everyone else. Uh, she said she's still learning and she knows that you don't always get what you want. She said she came so close and found out that she needs to become and found out what she needs to become NXT Women's Champ. Yeah. And uh, was this when fucking um, basically, Yeah, she says a couple more stuff. She says this is in a promo about, well, you know, how she's going to redirect her focus. Uh, she basically said since she was a kid, she wanted to be champ. Uh, she's going to bust her ass. She names names like AJ Lee, Sasha Banks, Natalia, Paige. Um, and then this is when Natalia comes out. Uh, Natalia comes out to a pretty impressive pop. A lot of people were very surprised, especially like the way that Cora Jade sold her 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 her, her shock was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I I appreciated that she did get a superstar pop from the NXT faithful. Yep, uh, Natalia uh, struggling to fight back tears. Uh, she then she said she's honored to meet Jade. Jade cuts off Natty and then uh, fangirled over Natty, saying that this is a surreal moment for her. She talks about the moment when she DM'd Natty when she was just 10 years old. Natty cuts off Jade and said she saw the message. <laughs> when <laughs> I love this line because this is kind of like a slap in the face also. She's like, you know, I DM'd you when you debuted and I saw your message from 10 years ago. <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah that made me laugh all right she said she pointed to a young Cora Jade in the crowd back then uh because um you know and and she's so happy that Jade is where she's at Natty said Jade is gorgeous but more than anything Jade has passion for this business Jade said she feels like she should pass out now Natalia said she's mentored trained and competed against the best superstars in WWE history she said she's looked backstage and has seen the landscape, but Jade is the future of the WWE women's division. That said, Natalia said the future is bleak. She then oh. slaps 
<laughs> she just slaps Jade, puts Jade in a sharpshooter. Referees pull Natalia back. Jade laid against the ropes crying because one of her heroes beat her down. And they always say, Matt, never meet your heroes. Yes, sir, Boris. Yeah, they actually, Mackenzie and uh, Cora cut a promo. Not that it was, like, great, but it really should have been on the TV show. It was uh, ended up coming up on the old Who Twitter Cora? feed. Uh, your girl, the hardest working reporter at all of professional wrestling, Boris McKenzie Mitchell and uh, Cora. Yeah, they kind of promo that actually should have been on the television show that yep. uh, mentioned, you know, uh, that exact thing. Never meet your heroes and such. But yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike this as much as some people uh, on the Internet did. Uh, I guess, though, if you really, really like looking at it and analyzing it. And that's what we do here, Boris. Uh, Cora Jade's promo wasn't great. Neither was Natalia's. So uh, fine, but it's, it's a fine segment. It just but, you know it's a know, heartwarming thing, segment. But okay, this is where this is where honestly some people are right about people being way too critical about professional wrestling. This was supposed to be a happy moment. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I and this moment made me happy. I think it achieved exactly what it needed to do. Exactly. We're gonna leave it at that. All right, the Intel Express, Briggs and Jensen uh, <laughs> and Henley were hyping each other up for the upcoming tag title gauntlet. Honestly, I, w- I would have quit the show if they won. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they would not have been my first choice for sure. Um, if they won the t- they, they won the titles and GYV couldn't even get into the gauntlet, yeah, maybe I would have quit too. Draco Anthony versus Zion Quinn is next. This match was about three minutes. Pretty pretty short. Zion Quinn kind of uh, starting his little heel, pers- heel persona. Yeah, interesting. Like, I kind of thought that last week, too. Like, Zion Quinn, like, overreacting to this guy. Not just being like, hey, man, like, you shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Like, I'm doing my own thing. And he slams his locker door. You need to listen and respect. Like, chill, Zion Quinn. So, yeah, kind of is, is going heel, it seems. Yeah, and this is a good rebound, um, you know, after the whole um, Legado thing. For sure. All right. Yeah, that this match is pretty simple. Uh, Zion Quinn basically beats up Draco Anthony. Uh, he does a flying shoulder, and he beats him up some more and gives it some extra hot sauce for, for victory at two minutes, 58 <laughs> seconds to be exact. How many flaming cans of trash would you give this match? Yeah, I mean, like, I I couldn't even call it average. It was slightly below average. Another two flaming garbage can out of five kind of match uh, by my by my eyes. All right, Natalia walks into the lounge where the NXT women's divisions were all meeting. Tatum Paxley stepped up to Natalia and said she's been trying to prove herself to Diamond Mine and wants a a chance to wrestle a legend like Natalia. Natalia accepted the challenge and said she's putting the entire division on notice. Yeah, so next week we are getting Natalia versus Tatum Paxley and Sarai versus Tiffany Stratton. Boris, set your DVR. <sighs> well, yeah. I, I, yeah. The Creed Brothers make their entrance. They drew number one in the gauntlet. Andy Hartwell, Persia Proda were bickering backstage over Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson. Somehow, some way, for some fucking reason i'm sorry everyone that i'm swearing so much um oh man uh dexter loomis and duke hudson are tag team now 
Yeah. Well, I guess Persia and Indy are still friends, despite their fussing and a feuding over over their boys. So now they're making the boys hang out, even though the boys don't like each other. So that's uh, a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> All right. It's time for the gauntlet. The Creed brothers, Julius Creed and Brutus Creed, uh, faced off against Legado del Fantasma. Uh, they started off the gauntlet match. And right away, I'm like, yeah, well, Legado had a good showing. <laughs> And we all see where this is going. Oh uh, yeah, if a fine match. Like I would, yeah, we'll 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 put a number out on it at the end. Very sloppy in places, kind of dangerous because it was all Creed brothers for all you know five of the sections here. But uh, you know, not the worst thing I've ever seen. But a tough beat for Legato again to be the first one out of this group. Yeah, four minutes. <laughs> 30 seconds is all Legado was given. Four minutes and 30 seconds of Legado getting their ass kicked by the Creed brothers. Yeah. Yeah, they got uh, ran over. Yep. <laughs> they uh, did, did not look great. Julius hit Wild with a suplex. Julius tossed Wild into a spine buster from Brutus to give the Creeds the elimination in four minutes, 33 seconds to be exact. All right. If you wanted to rate each of these like little segments as matches, this was the best match of the yes. gauntlet. Exactly. For sure. By far. Um, the next one scared me more than anything else uh, because Julius Creed and Brutus Creed went up against the Insul Express, Josh Briggs and Brooks <laughs> Jensen. Um, yeah, Electra Lopez and Fallon Hanley were like uh, bickering at each other when when the Insul Express was coming out and the Gada was going out. This match was given. Do you know how much time this match was given? This is what pisses me off about NXT. <laughs> this is what gets to me. You have people who can honestly fucking wrestle, and they're given four minutes and 33 seconds. You have the Intel Express. You know how much time they were given? Do you know how long this took? Probably like, well, I went through a commercial too, God, 10 minutes? 13 minutes and 25 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Almost 10 minutes longer than the previous one. 13 minutes? That's a full-ass match in NXT. Wow. Wow. Uh, you felt the 13 minutes, too. Yeah. Sorry. So this one, uh, sorry. I right, let me live. This match was 10 minutes. We're at 13 oh, okay. minutes total. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, I, I thought it was about 10 minutes. That, 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 uh, but it's that checks bullshit. out. <laughs> yes, it is. I, uh, I like, would agree. I understand yeah. you want, you, like, I understand the whole development stuff. But you got to give us good fucking wrestling. <laughs> oh, my friend. Yeah, this is 2.0 <sighs> down south slang. Again, I apologize for all the swearing. <laughs> like, even, even oh, I think this is too man. much. But honestly, this this match really bothered me just because uh, you could have made this match mean a lot if Legado came out, you know, second to last. I think so. Um. Anyways. I <sighs> Grayson yeah, Waller uh, and Brutus, Sangar next. Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm just going. How would you do okay, you? You, go, do you. you do you. Do your thing. <laughs> you do your thing. <laughs> I was just gonna, yeah, the, the the finish to this one came when uh Brutus like lifted his leg and avoided the uh the high low combination and then hit his own sliding lariat onto Brooks Jensen, who had missed his sliding lariat to the legs. So that was kind of a decent little finish. I don't know. It didn't quite come across the way they wanted it to, but I kind of like the finish there. 
But yeah, that was the best part of this bullshit. That that's that's for sure. No, but here's <laughs> also, the thing. There was also, there's a power bomb through through the announce table too. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but <laughs> worth noting. The other th- here's the thing though. Brooks Jensen, honestly, and 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 this is like Julius Creed, especially Brutus Creed, sometimes can be a little sloppy. But man, yeah. Brooks Jensen is gonna kill some or not? He's gonna. He's very close to injuring people in the ring sometimes. Man, yeah, he's had some rough he did that moments. Weird for knee sure. to the neck of one of the Creed oh, brothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, he's he's a bull in a china shop, a bull Buchanan in a china shop. You might yeah, say. Good one. All right. Anyways, uh, Grayson Waller and Sanga come out. Uh, they do their thing. Sanga essentially does a lot of this match. Uh, Julius tag was tagged in, hit Sanga with a cartwheel suplex. Julius hit Sanga with a sliding lariat for the elimination. In about six minutes, and we're at 19 minutes, 50 seconds of the total match time. Very surprising for a number of reasons. Sanga goes down clean as a whistle, clean as a sheet. And speaking of online promos... Grayson Waller cut a promo on the YouTube on the Twitter machine says he's done with Sanga. He doesn't need anyone watching his back. So we're we're done with this act already? Word? I guess so. 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 All right. Then <laughs> Pretty Deadly comes out and I was actually like honestly, this portion of the match saved the entire match for me. Um Pretty Deadly, they're good. I really do like them. Yeah. They have a good story right now with the Creed brothers. So if we're taking a look at this match from a pure story point of view, this was well done, right? You have Julius and Brutus Creed, the Creed brothers, super faces, by the way, now, um, officially. They even like kind of did the respect angle with the uh, Incel Express before their little match. So... I like the fact that you have the Creed brothers going through the entire gauntlet, then they face up against the people who have been tormenting them for the past few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, yeah, fully established, hardcore baby faces uh, through fighting through this entire gauntlet, if nothing else, right? Exactly. And this portion of the match only went about eight minutes, um, but I, I'm okay with that because I think that this is the ultimate, ultimately, this is going to be the program after this match that's oh yeah and and this was a great way to introduce pretty deadly and you know if we're talking about our pillars the crowd was super hot the crowd was actually somewhat behind pretty deadly but they were super behind the creed brothers at this point and the commentators were doing a great job of putting pretty deadly over yeah absolutely talking about how much they love these guys and they were the best tag team in nxt uk the best that the uk brand had to offer and now they're coming over here and uh, how they're kind of telegraphing it a little bit saying that nobody had ever won the nxt tag team titles on their first night in exactly hey matt do you know what happened uh did someone win their tag team titles on their first night in Bingo! Pretty Deadly wow. ends up winning. Uh, so Brutus tries to hit Wilson with a basement lariat, but Prince hit him with a super kick. Pretty Deadly hit Julius with the heart attack spine buster to give Prince the pin over Julius. This is actually called the spilled milk. Yes, so it is a combination spine buster and neck breaker, like the old Hurricane Helms style neck breaker, Boris, where it's like an RKO, like a flying neck breaker versus a flying cutter. And uh, yeah, it's the heart, the combination heart attack neck breaker. I really like that move. Yeah, the spilled milk. So pretty deadly ends up winning the match in 27 minutes and eight seconds of total match time to become the new NXT tag team champions. 
Yeah, it broke down a lot during the uh, whole Incel Express versus Creed Brothers phase. Good showing overall for the Creed Brothers. It could have been a disaster, and it was a pretty good match, all things considered. Yeah. But yeah, too long, too long, and like some baffling decisions. But overall, I would I would give it above Mendoza line status. Maybe by the hair if it's chinny chin chin, we're gonna go three flaming garbage cans out of five. Yep. And again, I'm sorry for swearing so much, everyone. It's just the whole the treatment. <laughs> fired up. The treatment of Legado just gets to me sometimes. Because I like I understand that oh, you need man. the veterans. Can't argue it. But, yeah. dude, dude, can't dude. Can't argue it, buddy. They're so talented. They deserve so much better. They should at least be on the main roster doing this. Like, to be in developmental and to be jobbers to the stars is a sad, it's a sad uh, card to draw. You know? All right. Before we go to NXT UK, who would you rather be? Grizzled young veterans who who job and just don't show up? Or Legado who constantly show up and job all the time? Mm. Uh, probably Legado. At least you're on TV. Yeah, At exactly. least you're out there. You're showing people how talented you are week in, week out. And you're, you're putting the egg on their faces, you know? I think TV time is always best. Unless yeah. you're like... Unless you're like a red rooster level, like a Eugene level character where it's like ruining your career forever. I uh, I, I think a, a couple losses on WWE TV because they can't book. That's not the end of the world. Yeah. It sucks in the moment, though. Yeah. What gets to me about Legado the most is not only are they talented, but the crowd is behind them. Yeah, man. You have and a they Latino have... group yeah. who the crowd loves. Yes, the crowd knows that they're talented. Yeah, man, it's sad. It's sad. But, uh, you know, who knows? Will they Will they get to the main roster and be able to lose there one day? Only time will tell. The answer is no. Anyways, NXT UK <laughs> time. Let's do it. It is time for NXT UK. Thank God we have this show to talk about because, man, sometimes NXT stateside can just be so bad. But honestly, sometimes the best hour of WWE TV is NXT UK. And Matt, I think that we had a possible, possible match contender for top five matches of the year. It's, uh, I don't know if it's quite that good, but it, I don't want to insult it at all. It was a fabulous match. I would not kick, yeah, I would not kick this uh, wrestling match out of bed for eating crackers. Um, no, man, I definitely, if you wanted to say it was top five of the year, I totally can buy that. I think it's such a, such a tribute to NXT UK that this, this incredible match was not the best NXT UK match of the year so far, because I still think the empty arena match between, uh, what was it, Dragunov and Jordan Devlin. Was was still better than this, but this uh, man, it was so awesome to see Roderick Strong. Basically, a mirror match. It was the Spider Man meme: Roderick Strong versus Roderick Strong. Yep, that's pretty much what it was. All right, uh, we get right into action with Primate with Eddie Dennis and T Bone versus Wild Boar. This match only lasted three minutes forty four seconds, forty seven seconds. Um, I thought the whole point of this was Wild Boar was gonna like take down everyone. Yeah, that's not what occurred. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Wild Boar got taken down by everyone and then almost hanged on television. They were about to hang this man. Yep, 
Remember just like last week we were talking or two weeks ago, we were talking about like people being hung and not in the yeah. good way. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's just quickly move on from that. Uh, yes, yes, Boris, I do remember talking about the big boss man versus Undertaker a Hell in a Cell match where they also did a fake hanging. And yeah, we were just talking about how Wild Boar is an 80s throwback. He's got 80s promo. He, he's kind of got 80s size and gear. And uh, this was an 80s angle. Couple heels coming in there and hanging a baby face. Yep. And then you have Mark Andrews making the save. Mark Andrews, uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the only Welsh wrestler in WWE right now. Uh, right? Uh, maybe. He might be on that September might be on that September three show, big homie, is what I'm driving at. I'm not uh, sure if he's the only one, but he certainly is, I think. Um quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. All right, so let us get back to the show. So, yeah, so this match was short, and it kind of took me for a loop because I thought Wild Boar was going to get the win. But I guess at the end of the day, it's going to be Mark Andrews and Wild Boar now teaming up to beat everyone up. So what did you think of this match? I liked it. I thought it was perfectly fine for what it was. Uh, I, I really enjoy Wild Boar. He's just so unique and different from everything and everyone in WWE that he stands out to me right now. So I'll go uh, three supernovas out of five for this one. I enjoyed it. Yep. Brief as it was. Uh, Sam Gradwell found maggots in his ring gear, in his ring gear bag. Yeah, gross. Colorful maggots, though. Uh, good of Kenny Williams to find a nice uh, rainbow assortment of maggots. Yep. Uh Oh, oh my God. The next thing was one of the best promos of the year. D-Familia in the luxury suite. Why is D-Familia just so cool? Yeah, Charlie Dempsey did uh, an incredible job in this promo. I thought he was a noticeably better actor than Tio in. Uh, like, like, so much so that it looked like Charlie Dempsey was like on a television show because the production was so good. You could have like you could have like squinted your eyes and thought, "Am I watching a TV show?" And then when Teoman was on the screen, it was like, "Oh no, this is very much pro wrestling." <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So Charlie Dempsey's gonna pull the rock on on Teoman, isn't he? Oh man, I hope so. That should be where this is going. I, I think can't believe I we haven't. The way that they've yeah. kind of been building this up, where Charlie Dempsey is kind of doubting himself, because I, I think he's still through and through of a heel, but he's doubting himself, and I think it's not himself. I think he's doubting the other guys, and I think he's going to end up running D Familia when all of this is said I love and done. That. Man, what a great call. I can't believe we haven't figured that one out before. That is definitely where this story is going, and that's a great idea. Also, just to clean up what we said previously, I believe Flash Morgan Webster and Eddie Dennis at least are Welsh as well. So there's more than one in WWE, but I th I, I'm i 90% sure Mark Andrews is Welsh. Yeah. Uh, Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars had an altercation with the Coffee brothers in the weight room. Joe Coffee squared up to Mastiff. Mastiff drew attention to Mark Coffee being struck under the weights as a, as a result of Joe Lee him so yeah a little trouble in gallus paradise here yep yep hmm. mm, yes mm, yes <laughs> all right wolfgang versus our boy charlie dempsey with rohan raja oh man i charlie dempsey is, is like skyrocketing up my favorite wrestlers like every week i watch this guy i'm just like man i you like i i try to heap praise on him and try to go uh, above and beyond and tell everyone like this guy's great he's great go watch him but even then i don't think i'm doing enough he's way better than i'm giving him credit for this guy is so fabulous if charlie dempsey goes stateside which i think he's ready to i think he needs to go stateside asap i w i would be happy if he takes over legado 
There you go. That is the best compliment Boris could give to somebody right there. No, man, all I'm saying is like I like it's it's very easy to go, I want to see him in AEW. I want to see him in the Blackpool Combat Club. Ever since the uh the combat club started, everyone just wants to see someone going into that group, right? But this guy is of all the wrestlers in professional wrestling, even more so than Zack Sabre Jr. because he's William Regal's fucking son, this man needs to be in the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. And I would love to see like a uh, Wheeler Yuta, Charlie Dempsey, your my dad likes you more than me type of thing. Oh, a little interesting little feud. Yeah, I'm already just booking this yeah, guy's same. AW run. Yeah, I, love the, I love the fact that we already know he's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, he's honestly like in, in a fair world. He's a great promo. He's tall, good looking kid. And he's one of the best wrestlers in all of WWE already. Full stop. No doubt. So in a fair world, Sky would be the limit. Like, he could be a future world champion, legitimately. Bit of a weird ending to this match, though. Okay, so Wolfgang goes for the spear, and then Tioman's eyes flash up on the screen. Raja jumps up to the apron. Wolfgang hit the spear on Raja, opening himself up for Dempsey to hit the bridging suplex for the win at 7 minutes and 20 seconds. Yes, and I love how Charlie Dempsey has multiple finishers. He's He's got a number of ways to beat you. He has like his mega death kill submission move, but he'll also just pin you with a suplex because he's a great wrestler. Yep, he's kind of like a bunch of wrestlers that we praise put into one, and I think that's really why I like Charlie Dempsey. Like, like he's obviously has the William Regal elements, he's got the Zack Sabre Jr. elements, and he has that uh, Jonathan Gresham element where he can beat you in so many different ways. Yeah, exactly right, man. And something, I, I think it was Kevin Nash mentioned this about Dean Malenko. Like, a million guys can wrestle, but only a few can put, like, a pizzazz on it and can make it look violent and entertaining and special. And it looked like Dean Malenko was hurting people, and that's why Kevin Nash loved Dean Malenko's work. And he wasn't the only one, but he just has articulated that. And Charlie Dempsey, you can easily slot him into that exact same statement. Like, he just looks so crisp and so fun, believable, entertaining. Yep. All right. How many supernovas, crumpets, Yorkshire pies would you give this match? (laughs) We'll go with three and a half Yorkshire puddings out of five for this one. 70% crumpet percentage, Boris. All right. Miko Satamora gives gives an interview. She says, even though she's the NXT UK Women's Champion, because of Isla Dawn, she doesn't have a title. She invites Dawn to meet her for a conversation next week. Your favorite gimmick, stolen title. I hate it so much. Uh, That's pretty lame. Kenny Williams finds a note on his locker room, and it says, keep guessing, cockroach. Love it. Love it. Zaya Brookside cuts a promo with her new enforcer, Eliza Alexander. She celebrated her daddy linking her up with Alexander. Alexander said she would make her in ring debut next week and that someone would get battered. Yes, I am not familiar with her work, but Eliza Alexander, formerly known as Lizzie Evo on the uh, indie scene. So uh, if you're familiar with Lizzie Evo, she is now in WWE UK. Yep, that's pretty much it. All right, after this, Sid Scala announces that Mustache Mountain is going to defend their NXT Tag Team Championship against Smith and Carter in a two out of three falls match. Maddie, Buddy, we... We've been hot. We've been hot on the calls lately. We should start gambling on this wrestling or at least something. Put in a lottery ticket. But yeah, man, it uh, seems like seems like the time to switch these titles. Seems like the logical conclusion of a match to have as well. 
and I yeah, because I think like we're still gonna get the mustache mountain implode story. Yes, we have to. Um, Wolfgang storms into Gallus's dressing room and demands to know why the Coffee Brothers weren't at ringside to help him against the Familia. They apologize and said it wouldn't happen again. So it's gonna happen again. <laughs> A little more trouble in paradise. It is. Uh, an- another another hint that WWE might be watching. Every tag team on this brand now hates each other. Yeah, you're so true. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know the WWE influence is there, buddy. I'm telling you. All right, Ilya Dragunov versus Roderick Strong for the oh. NXT Ooh. UK Championship. Holy, we have shit. been spoiled. We have been spoiled with good wrestling. There's so much good wrestling out there. There's so many groups doing so many things, but yet this match still will stand out. This match will be on our year-end list somewhere. This match was awesome. A war. Like we said, it was the Spider-Man meme. Roderick Strong facing Russian Roderick Strong. Man, these two were slapping and punching the crap out of each other. Oh, man. Just, yeah, just high-octane, high-impact, intense, intense, intelligent believable pro wrestling like it looked like closer to uh to a modern high speed fight you know than like uh, an nxt 2.0 match yeah um yeah no this match was so freaking good it's so freaking good uh yeah like i said this was high intensity uh they were kicking each other's asses like they, they honestly no matter how we try to describe this match we can't do it justice go out and watch this match please yeah yeah, just yeah, just just back and forth action. Just the the uh, the crispness of the work, the intensity of the work is just really something to truly behold. Uh, minor notes about the presentation of this match, and just in general, I believe they changed Ilya Dragunov's theme song. Am I yes, wrong? They did. Yeah. Of course they made it worse because they can't just leave well enough alone. They have to, if there's going to be a, a change, specifically a theme song change, they're going to make it worse, not better. That's just the way it goes. But uh, a very minor nitpick. Uh, incredible match. Second best match on NXT UK this year. And that is a that is a compliment because there have been some bangers. It, this isn't the only, there will be more than two matches from NXT UK on our uh, top 122 list but this and the empty arena match a couple of years ago are like match of the year contenders it's just really really fabulous yep so yes. Dragunov, Dragunov is is trying to get uh, Roderick Strong's knee throughout the match he does a chop to the knee Dragunov targets the knee for a bit of time when Strong refused to tap from a heel hook Dragunov hit a massive forearm that nearly got the three count Dragunov then started doing a bunch of German suplexes he went for his finish Stronghold out of the ring and slammed Dragunov into the steps um, Strong sent Dragunov back inside hit the side slam uh, onto the top rope Strong went for a backbreaker but his knee gave away Dragunov rained down strikes and chops and started beating the shit out of him Strong rallied back uh, with a jumping knee uh, which kind of hurt him, and I kind of liked the selling there. Then Dragunov, this gave Dragunov the time to hit the diving headbutt for the win in 14 minutes, 45 seconds to retain awesome. his NXT UK championship. What a war. Just a fabulous match. Far and away the best thing we're talking about on the podcast today. If you have not seen this wrestling match and you have 15 minutes to kill, go watch it. You will not be disappointed. Four and a quarter Minimum. I might have underrated it, but we're gonna go. We're gonna go four and a quarter crumpets out of a possible five crumpets. Yep. Eighty-five exactly. percent. It's an A. 
yeah, please go out and watch this match. It's so freaking good. All right, so that is the show. We have a bunch of shows coming up for you this week. We have All Elite Weekly coming out on when on Thursday tomorrow. Man, I forgot what day it was for a second. Uh, that's going to be Joe Aguinaldo and someone else. Or sorry, it's going to be Dan the Mouth Lavransky and somebody else talking about Dynamite on Friday. We have Bam, Bam. We're going to be talking about some New Japan, some stardom, some baseball, and some other stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, fun Bam episode. I can't wait. Also, the Rampage uh, roulette, the Rampage uh, extravaganza. I'm going to be on it this week talking about the Texas Death Match live episode of Rampage, 7 p.m. Eastern Friday. I'm very excited. Yep, that's going to be very good. Uh, Saturday we have the Smack Daddies talking all things Smackdown we also have a special show coming to you at some point this weekend that's AEW's Battle of the Belts we're going to be covering that as well and then on Sunday it's Mike McGuire coming at you with the flagship show and all the news of the week and that wraps up the week Matt always a pleasure again I apologize for all the swearing I'm I'm heated up (laughs) sometimes you gotta roll in hot well, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you just got to come in back and fire it up, buddy. It's the way yeah. it goes. But yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep it PG-13 next week. Yep. At least uh, rated R, not NC-17 like it was this week. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough, buddy. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.